Welcome to the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack, and my guest this week is Alan Alder. You've seen him on MASH, The West Wing, 30 Rock. He's appeared in loads of films and has a brilliant podcast called Clear and Vivid, where he has conversations with amazing people. Here he is talking to Tom Hanks about Tom's habit of posting photos on social media of random items he finds. Was there uh, an especially weird thing you found that you took a picture of? Uh, there was a spatula. <laughs> oh. A spatula. Where'd it, you find that? Down the middle of 45th Street and, and 9th Avenue. Oh, the spatula district. Oh, I, <laughs> and here's what I thought. Okay, someone was, maybe they were moving, you know, <laughs> and they had all their kitchen utensils in a box. the back of the car. And it's like, it rattled just enough so, you know, the uh, the vegetable strainer stained, uh, the, col- the, the colander stayed, a couple of the knives, but that plastic spatula went flying out the window. And I think, are they going to miss this spatula? And it's a lost item that yearns to be taken home. Tom Hanks talking to my guest this week, Alan Alder. Alan is on the way. Let's get into the countdown now of the top 20 podcasts based on downloads and your recommendations at thepodcastradio.co.uk. At number 20, stuff you should know. If you've ever wanted to know about champagne, Satanism, the Stonewall Uprising, Chaos Theory, LSD, El Nino, True Crime and Rosa Parks, then look no further. Josh and Chuck have you covered at 19 Catherine ryan telling everybody everything nice podcast this the comedian Catherine ryan you've seen her she's canadian she does tell everybody everything there's no filter and she talks one-to-one it's a candid chat pettiness phone calls and some serious stuff too at 18 table manners with jesse ware jesse hosts a podcast about food family and the beautiful art of having a chat directly from her own dinner table with a little help from her chef extraordinaire mum, Lenny. Each week, guests from the worlds of music, culture and politics drop by for a bite and a bit of a natter. Oversharing is guaranteed. Let's get to my guest now, Alan Alder, probably best known as Hawkeye Pierce in all 11 seasons of M.A.S.H. Your dad was the famous actor Robert Alder, and one of your earliest memories is of watching him on stage from The Wings... And he had an interesting way of walking on stage. In your book, I think you described it as the banana walk. Could you just explain what that was? <laughs> it's funny you recall that. He, I, I, when, when he would come out on stage to the microphone center stage in vaudeville or if he was making an appearance someplace, he would walk from the wings and sort of move upstage so that the last five or six steps were straight down toward the audience with his hand over. So he'd, he'd walk towards the back and then move. Yeah, so he yeah. made a kind of a banana on the stage so that his entrance was coming at them full frontally and his hand on his uh, abdomen, as if to say, sort of like a head waiter. <laughs> but it was a grand entrance. He was just walking out to the microphone, but he made a banana. So in in his honor to remember him, at his funeral, I, I did the banana walk and showed people how he did it. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I like memorials in show business. Show business memorials are the funniest funerals you can go to because they, they often impersonate the person who's dead and bring him back for a few more minutes. And uh, what else is a funeral for but to hang on to the person for maybe another day?
Alan Alda, who presents a great podcast called Clear and Vivid. You can hear it at 11am and 6pm weekdays on Podcast Radio. More from Alan soon, and we'll find out where Clear and Vivid is in this week's chart. At number 17, it's The Infinite Monkey Cage, an irreverent look at the world through scientists' eyes. Brian Cox and Robin Ince. 16, Friday Night Comedy from BBC Radio 4, your weekly dose of smug middle-class comedy, including The News Quiz, The Now Show, Dead Ringers and Lobbyland. At 15, Case File, True Crime, Fact is Scarier Than Fiction. Back to my guest now and Alan Alder. Actually, I'm after a bit of acting advice because I've just started doing something. Oh, what? I've just started narrating audiobooks. Oh, that's, that's good. I bet you're good at it. I've done two so far and I've, I'm working on another three at the moment. And I know that in your book, when you were looking, you, you said that when you were looking to get inside the character, often you look down at the shoes. That helped you. <laughs> yes, as long, as long as you're wearing shoes that the character would have worn. Yeah, but with an audio book, I got nothing. I just got the words on the page and I might get a little bit about them. If they've got some kind of regional accent, like it's a Glaswe- there's, a, there's one. It was, it was soldiers in India, British soldiers in India. So if, if one was a Glaswegian, I could just do a really broad Scottish Glaswegian brogue but if it's just one of the other soldiers I don't even really know where to start is there anything you can help me with to to become the characters just for their bits of dialogue in an audio book when I've, I haven't got shoes <laughs> <laughs> well I would suggest first of all regardless of the character you're playing I think it's really important to think of a person you're telling this story to and tell that person the story and forget about acting. Just be you telling the story. And the, the, the character of the person that you're interpreting is not so much the accent they have. That's minor. Right. It's what do they mean? What do they mean by what they say? You can say it in your own voice. Doesn't matter as long as the meaning is there and as long as the intention is, is there. In, in your head. If it's in your head, it'll be in your voice. To act with your voice is like the a major downfall. Okay. Okay. Right. So, yeah, it's it's important to understand the character more than it's, – it's a yeah, to, to know what they're about rather and, than – And just, just when you – chapter one, it was a dark and stormy night, <laughs> right? You're telling somebody that. What are they going through as you tell them? And and you, if you were reading to your wife, you wouldn't do it as if you were reading to a child. You wouldn't say, it was a dark and stormy night. You, you wouldn't go for that, right? right? Who are you reading to? Who is the book intended for? Yeah. And help convey it that way. That's my advice. Okay. All right. Thanks, Alan. Back to Alan Alda in a bit. But we're uh, talking about the chart now. Because this is the Pod 20, the countdown of the top 20 podcasts this week. And at number 14, Talking Politics. History of Ideas, a new series of talks by David Runciman. He explores some of the most important thinkers and prominent ideas lying behind modern politics, from Hobbes to Gandhi, from democracy to patriarchy, from revolution to lockdown. And he talks about the crises, revolutions, wars, uh, depressions, pandemics that generated these new ways of political thinking. Talking politics, a history of ideas to help make sense of what's happening today. At 13... Have you heard George's podcast? I'm not asking. 
That is the title of the podcast. Have you heard George's podcast? It's an award-winning and critically acclaimed podcast from George the Poet. It delivers a fresh take on inner city life through a mix of storytelling, music and fiction. Back to the chart in a bit. But let's check back in with Alan Alder, my guest star this week. Alan, your podcast is called Clear and Vivid. Right. You you talked about Tom Hanks and Paul McCartney. Do you have a, a favorite episode of all? No, I don't. The Things come back to me from time to time, though, that are so interesting. A man who was the uh, chief negotiator for hostages for the FBI said this fascinating thing. He said the techniques he used to get hostages released were the same techniques you can use to have a happy marriage. <laughs> well, yeah. Does that say something more about his marriage than, than anything else? If his marriage no. feels like a hostage situation? No, because the example he gave was very interesting and strange. When he was negotiating, he would never try to get the, the kidnapper to say, you're right. He would, he would talk to him about what the guy believed in, but he didn't want him to say, you're right. He wanted him to say, that's right. So you believe that your people are being disrespected by, by this country. That's right. You believe that you have the right to kidnap somebody. That's right. He gave the other person power by deciding, by declaring something was right. He didn't take away their power by saying, by having the person say, you're right, you dominate me. It's a subtle difference, but that kind of thing, when he had many other techniques, but that kind of thing, if you expand it a little bit, really helps any relationship. You have a right to your opinion. I can only suggest something, and you can tell me if, in your opinion, that's correct, instead of my saying, I'm right, aren't I? Isn't this the fact? Isn't this the fact? Isn't this what you, you, you believe? So why don't you do what I say? It, it's, it turns the process around to where the other per person has a role to play. It's your partner. It's your negotiating partner rather than your object of, uh, of control. It's a great podcast with some great guests. It's Clear and Vivid with Alan Alder, which you can hear at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. weekdays on Podcast Radio. More from Alan soon. I'm Graham Mack. Let's get back to the countdown. At 12, we will get past this. Sandy Tosvik. Join her for a perusal through her room of books. This is The Pod 20 on Podcast Radio. I'm Graham Mack, and my guest is Alan Alder. Your podcast is called Clear and Vivid. What podcast do you listen to, Alan? I have... I have so little time because of the work I do. I don't listen to many podcasts. I listen I, I some science podcasts. In our country, we have a radio show called Science Friday, and I like that a lot. I don't listen to many. What podcasts do you listen to? I listen to, I like Mark Maron because it's a long-form interview with one of his guests. Yeah, I, 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 he interviewed me and I interviewed him. And he does the same thing. He goes for a conversation. Yeah. I never saw him look at a note while we were talking. He probably had a few things in mind he wanted to talk about. Yeah. But mostly it, 
the conversation happened because things evolved. Yeah. And one of the best podcasts I ever heard was Mark Marin interviewing Barack Obama. Yeah, in his garage. <laughs> in his garage. Yeah. And I had never heard Obama be so available before, so unaware that he was the president. Yeah. He was a smart, funny person who could play with Mark Marin. Yeah. It's funny. He, I, As I remember... The book you were talking about before, Never Have Your Dog Stuff. Yeah. It's either that or my second book. I can't remember. I was nominated for a Grammy for reading the book on audio. And so was Barack Obama for his book. And of course, he won. And I listened. <laughs> and I knew he would because I listened to his reading. It was fantastic. Talk about playing characters. He could play a variety of people and sound like someone else, but with the attitude, not just the, uh, not just the accent. So you're telling me that a world famous actor and a man who trains people how to act was beaten by an amateur. He's hardly an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the experience and, and the uh, the credentials that you do, though, does he? He's been on more television shows than I have in my whole life. <laughs> And I suppose he's played a variety of roles as well, because uh, being the president, you have to... Who was it said to be the president? You have to be a cold-blooded killer. You have to be able to order the attack on the, the garrison and then go to the cocktail party. Right, and then go to the survivors when uh, yeah. after, after you take off your tux. Yeah. I never have understood, because so much of that is true, I've never understood why so many people want to be president. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame the current person wants to be president. I don't still. talk politics in public. <laughs> Good policy. I'm Graham Mack. Back to the countdown now. At number 11, No Such Thing as a Fish, a podcast from the QI offices. The writers of the hit BBC show huddle around a microphone and discuss the best things they've found out this week. At 10, that Peter Crouch podcast. Peter Crouch, Tom Fordyce and Chris Stark bring you their guide to being a professional footballer. Alan Alder, you teach acting techniques to scientists to help them better connect with their audiences. What are the biggest mistakes that scientists make when they're trying to connect? They make the same mistakes we all make when we know something so deeply that we forget what it's like to be a beginner at it. And most of us have not spent our lives learning the science that a science scientist has, so it's new to us. We're virgins at it. And the scientist has to take that into account and think, try to imagine what we're thinking as, as he or she speaks to us or writes for us. What's going on in our head? It's a, really an act of empathy. So it's not that scientists have a special need for it, but as far as communicating science is concerned, there is a very special need because we're We've entered a time, at least in our country, where science is tending to be regarded as just another opinion. And the, uh, the world of evidence and observation and analysis is disappearing, and scientists have to make science clear and vivid to all of us so that we can, so that we can help fund the things that are promising keep funding the things that are necessary and help avoid things like the plague we're going through right now as we speak. 
with the coronavirus. I think if science were, science were more universally acknowledged as the important thing it is, and if people were more tuned in to the scientific process, we would have, we would have done better things sooner, I think. Mm-hmm. And it might not be so bad. And I, I, it's not just my opinion. I'm drawing on the opinion of scientists to, uh, saying the same things. Yeah, that uh, that belief thing is is a really weird thing, isn't it? You basically you just accept something without evidence, and uh, yeah, and it's yeah. it's 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 a reasonable approach. It's not it's not crazy to trust people to follow the advice of people you trust. We, that's why we go to our parents when we're young, if we're smart enough to, and rely on their experience. But we've lost a certain amount of trust in science for some reason, partly because it's inconvenient for some people to follow science. And to a great extent, a scientist has to reestablish that trust in the listener when they're communicating about science. So part of that is not acting like the the guru on the hill who knows everything. You have to speak the language of the person you're talking to. And you have to think about what they're going through as you talk to them. What process is happening in their brain? And you have to anticipate the resistance points. Because we all all have resistance points. We're all all familiar with the process of listening to commercials on television. And we resist commercials. So if it sounds like somebody's selling us a bill of goods, we don't trust them. Don't you think? Absolutely. And that's why the podcast's called Clear and Vivid. You can hear it at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. weekdays on podcast radio. Back to the chart now at number nine, Today in Focus from The Guardian newspaper. At eight, it's Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's Lockdown Parenting Hell. Parenting just not as you know it. Top 7 is on the way. It's the Pod 20 on Podcast Radio. I'm Graham Mack, and my guest star this week is Alan Alder. In your biography, Never Have Your Dog Stuffed. Yeah. Uh, there are some great stories in there. What was the one about the Orient Express? We had a habit in our family when one of our three daughters would graduate college, they could choose anywhere in the world to go on a trip with me because I had, I had been more absent because of MASH than Arlene had in their lives. So we thought it would be a fun thing to do, to let them choose anywhere they wanted to go. And our middle daughter, Elizabeth, wanted to go on the Orient Express to Vienna. So we got with our bags at the train station to get on the Orient Express, and we're waiting and waiting and waiting, and I don't hear any announcements. And I I think... That it's past the time the train is supposed to leave. When are, where, where are we supposed to go? So I went to the station master and he said, oh, that train left three hours ago. I said, what? We have tickets. What do you mean three? I said, oh, you must have bought them in America. I said, yeah, what difference does that make? It's, it's not like a time difference. So he said, no, the train is gone. But here's what you do. It, the train uh, passes by Lyon. So you have to get on the, the, the blue train, which will get to Lyon before the Orient Express, 
get off the train, go to the station master and tell him to stop the Orient Express so you can get on. I said, he's not going to stop the train. I said, write that down. (laughs) Put it on a piece of paper and sign it, the station master of the Paris railroad station. He said, oh, well, I don't want, I said, write it down. I'm not going to, all this is in my, my, my half-assed French. <laughs> so he writes, he reaches for a brown paper bag from his lunch with oil stains still on the bag. And he writes, this man has the authority to stop the train in Lyon. And he signs it. And I said, sign it at Paris Station. I want Paris in there. <laughs> so we get to Lyon, <laughs> get to Lyon in the middle of the night, two in the morning. I knock on the door. And the station master comes out and he says, yes, what? I said, we, ha- we have to stop the train, the Orient Express. He says, I can't stop the Orient Express. I said, yes, you can. He said, no, I can't. I don't have the authority. I said, oh, yeah, read this. And I show him a paper bag <laughs> with oil stains. <laughs> and he stopped the Orient Express. Wow, you're- and the, and 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 I said then when we were getting on the train, I was indignant, and I said I demand to see the director of the train, le, le directeur du train, and the guy said what? What's that? <laughs> I made up a I made up a title. <laughs> I said I want to see the head guy here, and they said he's asleep, and I drew myself up to my full height, and I said, why should he sleep while I walk the street? <laughs> And it sounds better in French. Yeah. But you you had a way also of dealing with people who you thought were ripping you off by, you know, looking them in the eye. And I don't know whether it was an acting technique, the, the forgive or forget thing. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. Um, sometimes a producer would cheat me. And I, that's when I had no money at all. And I, we were getting by week to week. and uh, And the producer would make an attempt to cheat me. And I'd level, level my gaze at him and I'd say, I can forgive or I can forget. Which would you like? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what it means myself. <laughs> I love it. I, love I said it. it a number of times and it really worked. They got very scared. I think scared because they were talking to somebody who didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and they didn't know yeah. what he was capable of. If they think you're crazy, you can get away with a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Pod 20 on Podcast Radio, the countdown of the top 20 podcasts based on downloads and your recommendations at thepodcastradio.co.uk. Number seven this week is the Joe Rogan Experience. And at number six, the Michael Harrison Rap with Michael Harrison, 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Podcast Radio on Saturdays. Tell me more about this show, Michael. I'm very proud of that show. We're just about to celebrate our first anniversary. The show that we're working on now is program number 52 it's a weekly show it's a weekend and it's the michael harrison rap and it's not like i'm a rap star it's w-r-a-p uh as a wrap up the reason i say that is there was once a time when the word rap meant rapport meaning to talk right and it became rap music but uh, back in the days of underground radio we used to start every show off with what we called a rap and that would be a monologue yo hey great rap man but it's a wrap up of the week's hottest news according to the research of talkers magazine in other words it is an overview of the biggest stories on the air in american 
talk media, not just talk radio, but talk television on the internet, and even what people are saying across the backyard fence and at coffee shops. And it starts out with a, it's a one hour show. That's why it lends itself very well to a podcast format as opposed to a daily live for, it's a production. We produce it and we, we work hard on it all week. And then we write to the last second before we put it out where we're, we're polishing it so that it reflects the perspective of that moment on Friday so that it, it doesn't sound like it was made a week ago. It, it it brings to the weekend a, a, a current perspective as best we can. And uh, we count down the 10 most talked about topics in the first five, six minutes. And then the program consists of me in conversation with media people around the country getting a variety of points of view that they feel about the current issues. And it's very fast paced. And it's been wildly successful, and I'm I'm just thrilled that at this point in my career, I actually have a new show that's growing. And one of the funny things is a lot of the listeners say, hey, where have you been? It's great to hear a young up-and-comer on the radio. <laughs> You're a, a breath of fresh air. Or I'll have a guy, you know, uh, you know, I do fill-in at a lot of stations, and someone will call me and say, well, I'm a lot older than you. You know, and I'll say, how old are you? 55. And I'll go, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very grateful that I have, uh, I, I'm able to play the game at this point, at my age and the number of years that I have been in this business. And it's just very gratifying to me. At the highest level as well. It's not like you're on some little station out in the sticks playing old records. No, you're right. You're cutting edge. You're doing it. And it's on the air in Washington, D.C. Um, D.C., the show is on in Boston. The show is on in Denver. The show is on in Phoenix. It's on in Dallas. Uh, it, it, it's on in big cities. And um, I'm, uh, again, I'm very proud of it and I'm grateful. What podcasts do you listen to? Very few. I don't have as much time. This is one of the dirty secrets of audio is that everybody in it is so busy. They don't have a lot of time to listen. One of the hardest audiences to get to listen to anything are uh, audiences of radio people. I'm not saying I don't listen, but I got so much to listen to that um, it's hard for me to settle in um, with a, a favorite podcast. But I will I will reveal to you that I, I love that podcast form that we don't call podcasts, but that we call videos. You'll find the term video. I made a video. I'm making a video. I saw a video. They, they have a new video. I'm finding that the word video is evolving into uh, the new book, the new movie. Eventually, there'll be no such thing as a film or a movie. It'll just be a big, elaborate video. <laughs> you know, this, the brand, really, you watch how that evolves. And I'm finding that there are some really amazing video podcasts on YouTube. I, in my off time, I could spend hours into the wee hours of the morning and then I get up and I'm all tired. And what am I doing? I'm watching videos on YouTube and just astonished at the intelligence and the writing and the production techniques that exist out there. So I, I didn't quite answer your question. I took it in a different direction, but I'm sharing with you what I really like outside of the listening that I have to do to be able to keep up with the business. 
the Michael Harrison rap. It's number six on this week's chart. The top five looks like this. At number five, Happy Place, Fern Cotton. Fern talks to incredible people about life, love, loss and everything in between as she reveals what happiness means to them. At number four, 1619 from the New York Times. Interesting podcast, this. In August 1619, a ship carrying more than 20 enslaved Africans arrived in the English colony of Virginia. On the 400th anniversary of this fateful moment, this podcast tells the story. At number three, it's been number one for six weeks. It's dropped to three this week, grounded with Louis Theroux. Still top three, still pretty good. Louis's guest this week is Miriam Margulies. At two, Clear and Vivid, from my guest Alan Alder. Catch Clear and Vivid at 11am and 6pm weekdays on Podcast Radio. And this week's number one. About Race with Rennie Edo Lodge. The podcast from the author behind the best-selling Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. That's it for this week's episode of the Pod 20 on Podcast Radio. I'm Graham Mack, and many thanks to my guest podcasters, Alan Alder and Michael Harrison. If you'd like to watch extended Zoom chats with all of my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. My guest next week is a bloke you'll know as Barry from EastEnders, Sean Williamson. Sean, did you ever get a doof, doof? on EastEnders I got quite a few towards the end uh, when things were really heating up yeah. uh, I desperately wanted one um, yeah <laughs> yeah. I think I probably only ended up with five I'm, I'm not a Mitchell brother you know but um, you know it was great when when you had one it was always a very confused uh, um, looking Barry saying I've done it I've got it wrong again <laughs> Sean Williamson, who'll be my special guest next week on the Pod 20. And what will happen on the chart next week? Will Louis Theroux bounce back? Or will your favourite podcast be at number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk. On the morning of August 1st, 1966... Shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.